So many Utah athletics programs are currently enjoying immense success. What are the keys to this prominent era we're seeing from various Utah athletic programs? We'll talk about that and more on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Lockdown Youth your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube. My name is JT Wissel, so former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. If this is you guys' first time listening to our show, make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you guys in the comments and on social media, too. You can follow our show at Lockdown Youth or my personal handle at JT Wistersale. And on today's show, we're talking Utah athletics in general because this has just been a sensational season for so many different Utah programs with the amount of regular season conference championships we've seen and just in general Pac-12 tournaments, some deep postseason runs, too. It's been really fun to watch and cover. And now we're going to kind of break down like why it's so many programs with one school, which I think is really exciting. And in order to help me do that, it's friend of the show and KSL Sports is Michelle Bodkin. And Michelle, I think the number one thing I look at when we're talking about why all of these programs are enjoying this immense success is got to be coaching. I think mm-hmm. it's really good coaches across the board. I think the other thing I'm going to give Mark Harlan a lot of credit, it's letting coaches stay here a while. It takes time. We don't see... Like what TCU did in football last year with Sunny Dykes, that's such a rare thing. Like when the transfer portals made a little more possible, but it's so rare you see a one-year kind of turnaround. That's like I think it'll be like with this year with Deion Sanders, for example. Like it's going to be look, they'll be maybe they'll win three games, maybe four, but like it's not like they're going to win six, seven, eight games. Like it, just, it takes time. Every program it does. Look at Utah football. You know, even early on, there were some years when they first entered the pack, it wasn't great. And now I saw a stat, I believe it was eight of the last nine years, um, and that's excluding the COVID year in there too. They've won over nine games. Like it's just, or eight, won over nine games. It's incredible. Um, women's basketball, same thing with Coach Roberts, the time she's had. And look, there was two years ago, they only won five games. <laughs> so that's where it's kind of like you look at it, like, should we – continue with i'm sure there were some conversations there had to be right just of like oh should we do this but they stuck with coach she's rewarded them what coach farden's done with the gymnastics program i just i think so much of it is coaching and allowing these coaches time to build their programs into the prom- prominent forces they've become today yeah i i think one thing that utah athletics has done a really good job of probably around the time that chris hill kind of took things yeah. over uh it's just kind of identifying what works here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and of course, some of that's been, you know, a slow buildup. But, uh, you know, it's just it's very, very rare to see coaches stay around for a long, long time. And this is mm-hmm. something I've talked about with my yeah. co-host, Jay Catch on the Saturday show a mm-hmm. lot. It's not even just at Utah that we see this. BYU, there's a lot of long-term coaching retention. The Utah Jazz tend to keep coaches around much longer than mm-hmm. you know you typically see. Uh, and I think it's just kind of a culture thing here with Utah. You can't we don't necessarily have the money here to keep turning coaches over, you know, year in and year out because we're not happy with the results. So that means you have to find other identifying factors that kind of work for you and and be maybe a little more patient, a little more strategic uh, in, in what you do. And I, I mean, certainly, you know, with Utah athletics, I think it's starting to pay off. And I think, you know, it's interesting 
that we're seeing so many other programs start rolling once football got rolling. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, uh, as everybody says, football is the hand that feeds everybody else. And so when football is doing well, that means the cash flow is doing better. And and there's just more resources to share and and spread out amongst everybody. And then, of course, yeah, it's just having a good idea, I think, of, you know, who works for your culture. Mm -hmm. And I go through, you know, Utah athletics and all the coaches that they have. I don't necessarily know everyone, but the few that I have gotten to know really well, they all are kind of very similar ish, Mm -hmm. um, similar mindset, similar philosophies. Uh, You know, I'll listen to Lynn Roberts. I'm like, gosh, that sounds like something coach Witt would say, (laughs) Mm -hmm. or, you know, Tom Farden. It's like, gosh, Lynn Roberts would say that. Um, So it's, you know, I, I, there's just some similarities there that I also think kind of it's just making this whole thing work and run very, very well at a high level right now. I love that you mentioned just the similarities you see in the coaches, because look, I think a lot of people like when they hear post-game coaches interviews or different things like that, like, Oh, they say the same thing every time. Well, a lot of times the people they well, all the times in post-game interviews, the winning coaches get interviewed and there is a certain just things you have to do in order to be successful, the drive, the dedication, the focus, determination, like there's so much that goes into it and winning habits, consistency, just that dedication is it breeds success. And that's what we've seen from so many of these different coaches to have that similar mindset too. And just speaking more with just kind of those similarities too. I just like, you know, the buy-in we kind of talk about and mm-hmm. getting not just coaches and obviously from what they get there from their players, the recruits, we can talk about recruiting more in a second. But I think another thing we've really seen is every Utah sport, not just football, how well they've used the transfer portal. It's a mm-hmm. huge part of college athletics now. I look at women's basketball, what Alyssa Peely has meant to this team. Um, gymnastics has brought in a couple of girls too, I believe, through the portal. Um, but fo- football especially, I mean, with Diabate, Cam Rising a few years ago when he was just a younger recruit to Quentin Jackson, when he was a quarterback at the time too. Um, softball has brought in a few crucial recruits too. So it's, it's the transfer portal is a huge part of college athletics right now. And I think Utah has really done a good job making the best of it. I think there's a lot of programs where they use it and everyone's kind of like a one-year rental and like the one-year rentals come in and they just want to get theirs. And I don't feel that with the U- with the Utah players that come in through the various sports. They feel like they're committed to the team aspect of it and doing whatever. The, what's most important for them is in putting themselves in the best position so that they can show out or get themselves to the next level. feels like they want to come in and be a part of a special team that wins. And I think because of that and the types of players they've recruited, there's another reason they're enjoying this immense success, Michelle. Yeah, I I think that helps quite a bit. Uh, I think, you know, when when we look at this, uh, it's it's about being again, kind of we're talking about culture and and trying to carry that culture on. So, like, yes, Utah is going to dip into the transfer portal, but they're not just going to take anybody. Um, And I think that kind of goes across all sports. There's just an identity like like we talk about it the most with Utah football um, mm-hmm. they're the biggest you know most forward-facing brand in the athletic department but really again it trickles down to all the other sports like I I really do kind of notice there's just a similar mindset amongst yeah. everybody um you know I talked about coaches being similar well you know the players also kind of have a similar mindset I think there's just rules and expectations there uh, that, that just make things a little more unique. And, and of course, you know, when the coaches go out and, you know, feel like they need to fill some spaces in their roster, like, yes, of course you want to look for upgrades and talent, but there's also 
you know, a need to, I think, make sure that, you know, these kids coming in understand we expect you to graduate. We expect you to be outstanding members of our community. Um, you know, this isn't just showing up and collecting an NIL paycheck. You have to earn that. Uh, and, and so I think they kind of, you know, weed out a lot of people that maybe would be a problem mm -hmm. uh, as well through through a, the vetting process. Uh, and, and then I think also, you know, the a lot of these kids, I think that Utah goes after the so we're starting to see some higher, bigger name brand type kids come back through Utah mm -hmm. or give Utah, you know, a look when they maybe wouldn't have right out of high school. And I think, you know, it's about vetting and looking for kids that maybe, you know, understand that the flash and the glitz and the glam really isn't necessarily everything uh, when it comes to playing and competing at a high level of sport. Uh, and, and so I think it's also really important. And I think the coaches and, and the athletic departments done a really good job of, you know, making sure and bringing in people that, you know, maybe understand that. So I, I there's a lot of things going on. And, and of course, you know, I, I think it's just timing. Uh, mm. You know, so much of this is just timing and, and kind of luck of the draw. Better to be lucky than good sometimes. Uh, but I, I think Utah is also in a position where they recognize that and, they're trying to keep it from being just, you know, we had a lucky year. I, I think they're trying to build and grow off of some of this success. You talk about the luck. I mean, look, Utah was very good at football last season. If it wasn't for those tiebreakers and there's a little bit of <laughs> luck involved in terms of how exactly those other schools perform and everything there, Utah doesn't get a chance for another Pac-12 championship. So it's definitely true. It is a lot of those sayings, right? It's better to be lucky than good sometimes. And I do feel like this Utah football team has been both, but they definitely have been lucky on top of good too. So it's one of the things that's worked out for their benefit for sure. We're going to talk, come back in a moment and talk about how big of a role recruiting has played too in this success Utah Flex is currently enjoying. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at Bird Dogs. Guys, with Bird Dogs, you get a, a pair of pants or shorts that fit very comfortably and are extremely versatile. You look better and feel great wearing Bird, bird Dogs. Their stretchy fabric makes my legs look great, and they're comfier than my other shorts and pants. They give me the freedom to wear one pair of shorts and pants on the golf course to a meeting, a date, or hanging out with friends. There's people like Bert Krischer who are works up the machine. He uh, wakes up at his lake house wearing bird dogs, goes for a swim, smokes a cigar, grills a burger, chills with his family in the shorts. He associates with the summer, big bird dogs guy. Even the guys that pardon my take, PFT famously never wears pants, and the only shorts he truly loves are bird dogs. College football nerds say they are the perfect pants for dads that love just chilling out, relaxing all day, watching games. They look great and feel comfortable. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. And when you enter promo code locked on college, that's one word locked on college, all caps, they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order. So head over to birddogs.com slash locked on and get your order today. Michelle, coming back in, we've talked about transfers a little bit. I loved what you were just talking about too from a cultural standpoint. Um, the other thing I just want to bring up is recruiting too. I just think it's so important to. Look, Utah, this is like – for I'll talk about football specifically for a second. This is the first year that Utah football – the last couple of years they brought in really good, but like this is their first ever top 20 class. Yet they've been a top 10 program for the past few seasons. Why is that? Because they recruit the right players. 
the Brant Keithies, the Devin Lloyds, that ev- the Dalton Kincaids, that every, and I guess he was a transfer, but just, <laughs> it, it feels different than kind of what kind of some of the other transfers were just because of the pedigree some yeah. of these guys were coming in with. But for especially just those guys, is Utah was able to find those diamonds in the rough consistently with football. And with softball, we've seen some of the same things now. Look, women's basketball, Deanna Neepkins and Jenna Johnson, we knew they were good gets, but I don't think people knew how instantly they would kind of transform the culture very quickly. Um, gymnastics obviously have been recruiting at a very high level, but I just think whether you're talking about bringing in the right high-profile recruits or finding those two and even some of the three stars that everyone else just kind of overlooks that are able to really contribute, it is one of the things that has allowed this Utah football team and just Utah sports in general to remain prominent for these past few years. Yeah, I, I mean, here's the thing. You're you're kind of an emerging brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you started out as a little whack school, moved up to the Mountain West Conference. You're now in the Pac-12. I think people expected you, you know, to kind of maybe at best be mid-tier year, year in and year out in the Pac-12. And you kind of came in and you showed that maybe that's not going to be so much the yep. case. And That takes a lot of hard work. I think that takes a lot of incredible evaluation and projection to see, you know, what could be because you're not necessarily as this kind of new kid emerging brand on the block going to be landing those four and five star kids consistently. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's very, very rare that someone like that is probably going to take a serious look at you. because just high school kids just don't think that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you're highly rated, you want to go to a big brand and it doesn't matter if you're going to sit on the bench, yeah. uh, which is why, again, we're seeing, I think the transfer portal kind of really work out well for Utah because they can get some of the kids that are like, oh, that wasn't so fun sitting on the bench. Uh, I could go somewhere else and kind of be the star. Mm-hmm. So, but it's the evaluation, I think that Utah has done, particularly with football. And again, kind of seeing what could be versus what currently is has been huge for them. And when you start winning with that kind of talent, then you start getting the ears of some of those four star kids, uh, not quite five star kids yet. I know that they've had some kids come in and visit. They haven't quite landed one of those yet, mm-hmm. but you get their attention because if you can turn that two star guy that nobody knew anything about into a first round NFL pick, then what can you do with me? Because my floor is a lot higher, which probably indicates my ceiling is a lot higher too. Uh, so it's it's kind of unfortunate in some ways. It's harder that way. Mm-hmm. But Utah's really, I think, not shied away from that challenge. And, and we're starting to see the results of that. You know, when when you start winning conference championships and Rose and going to Rose Bowls. Uh, you know, with some lower rated talent and being competitive and interesting and capturing people's attention, then you start seeing what we're seeing, at least in football, with with the recruiting bump. And that I, I know people kind of always like wonder, you know, why why doesn't it happen immediately after? Well, those classes are already kind of put in place. So you always see that bump the year after. And that's just kind of what we saw. And it probably most likely we'll see another bump. Obviously NIL uh, has changed that a little bit. Uh, so we'll see how Utah does with all of that. But uh, just a really, I think, incredible effort to, again, take a harder path and be successful with it. 
I think you're absolutely right. And we're going to continue with this discussion in a second, but I think you brought up something really interesting. And I'm curious what your answer is going to be on this because you brought up Utah has yet to land a five-star football recruit. I think sometime in the next five years, we're going to see them get at least one. Would you agree with that? I would. Uh, Lander Barn was very, very close. Yes, Spencer. Fong. Very, very close. He was about as close as you could get without actually being one. So, yeah. And like I said, I, I know that they've had some guys come in and visit in the past. Uh, just haven't quite gone there. Uh, if they keep, I do believe if they keep on the path and the trajectory they're on, they probably they they'll if if they find the right guy, the right fit. Yeah. With with that pedigree you know, they'll, they'll eventually land, you know, a five-star guy. I don't know. I don't know that I feel confident in saying that that's going to be a regular thing for Utah, Yes, Uh, but, but I think here and there they'll, they might start, you know, landing a guy or two here and there, especially at a position like running back or maybe linebacker Mm -hmm. uh, where, where they're just known to put guys in the NFL. 100%. And you're right. There's no exact formula with recruiting. Every pitch is different. Every situation is different when it comes to a player and what they're looking for in a team. So all it takes is that one five-star who thinks this is the best place for him. And I'm with you. Like you said, there's the upward trajectory. It feels like they're trending in that direction. Just like all these Utah athletics programs as we mentioned, football, gymnastics, women's basketball, softball, ski, lacrosse, men's tennis, even some tr- from track athletes, like all of them have enjoyed whether it's regular season or a post postseason championship in terms of a Pac-12 regular season championship, a Pac-12 championship in a tournament, or even a deep postseason run. It's cool to see all the success that we have witnessed from these various programs. And Michelle, do you think there's anything else that we haven't touched on yet? I think the only other thing I would throw in is maybe the facilities. I do feel like, like for mm-hmm. basketball, I think the facilities are nice there. Football, I think some of the strides they've made there too. And even with facilities and just some of the buildings, I could even throw in like that's maybe more of a stretch, but like just living in Salt Lake, the area, I think Utah and the city itself, I like think with a lot of recruits and people come out here, they're like, oh, this place is really cool. Like I, I'm excited about coming out here, check out here with all the nature, the adventure aspect of it. I think that is appealing for recruits to join the program. But once again, it kind of goes back to the recruiting aspect of it. But do you think there are any other things of reasons that Utah is currently enjoying so much success under Mark Harlan and all these different coaches? I think to your point, I think Utah is doing a really good job of selling, you know, what yeah. kind of a cool place this is. Uh, I I know that a lot of people come in, at least in the past, I think it's becoming less and less so uh, the more notoriety that Utah Salt Lake um kind of is getting. But, uh, you know, there in years past, there's always been a little bit of hesitancy. Oh, uh, and, and that's partially just because of our culture, right? We have a very predominant religion here. Mm-hmm. People say some really weird, odd things about said religion. And so I think, you know, it, it puts the idea in some people's minds that, oh, this place has to be unlivable unless you fall mm-hmm. within this category. And that's so not true. Exactly. Uh, and, and I think, you know, having having some of the the tech world moving here and and maybe diversifying things a little bit more is helping with that. But I also just think if you can get someone out here and kind of open their mind to it, let them see how beautiful it is, let them see Mm -hmm. how easy and accessible some of our national parks and our canyons and, and some of that kind of stuff is, and that it's a good balance of you know, you can have a little bit of that city life. It's maybe not quite as crazy as LA or Las Vegas or, you know, some of those places. Uh, 
but you can also drive about 30 minutes in any direction and kind of be in the middle of nowhere and in your solitude if you want. So yeah. it's kind of, I, to me, Utah and Salt Lake's the best of both worlds. And if you're someone that kind of enjoys a little balance in their life, mm-hmm. Utah's a great place to be. Absolutely. I mean, I can even speak from personal experience. When I moved out here four years ago, I can't tell you how many of my friends I was like, oh, come and visit. You'll really like it. And they're like, ah, and then I got yeah. them out here and they really liked it. The, like you said, the nature, just all of those aspects of it too. And there's a lot of those misconceptions kind of those mm-hmm. stigmas that are around it. Like, oh, I don't want to come out because of that. And then they come out and they're like, oh no, it's great. I love that. I'm definitely going to try to come back soon. Like that is, I think what a lot of people are starting to realize about Utah, which is really cool. And it's been great to see, just as we mentioned, all these Utah athletics and programs enjoying the success currently. Unfortunately, Michelle, there was one we haven't talked about yet. And that was men's basketball, because while they did improve in Craig Smith's second year, and a lot of most of the season, people were like, this is a success, this is improvement. The end of the season really put a damper on a lot of things, you know, didn't won the fight their final game in kind of early February. And then after that, the rest of the month and early March was not what the team had hoped for missed out on the NIT um, went out against Stanford in the Pac-12 tournament. They were the seventh seed, the Cardinal, the 10th seed, upset them. So it just wasn't the way the season wanted to go for Utah overall. But I do believe there's optimism and reason to believe that this Utah basketball team could get up to the point where they are truly like amongst the top five teams in the conference. Look, were they amongst that in the regular season? Yeah, but they, like I said, it was more so like how the schedule broke out for them too because once it got really tough, then it kind of fell apart for them. So, But I do feel like when you're talking about some of the recruits this team is bringing in, I'm still really high on Kaba and Will Exact. They mm-hmm. were only freshmen. They had to play a big role for this team too. And I just think, look, there's still a chance Brandon Carlson comes back. So in terms of immediate success, that could be something for this coming season. And look, I know we really talked a lot about what Mike Saunders could bring to to the team last year, but, and it didn't work out, but I'm really excited about Davion Smith. I think he is, has a ton of potential. He's an elite athlete too. So I still think that there is a lot to look forward to there. So I, and I trust coach Smith as a coach. I mean, yes, are there some recruiting questions and all those things and, but so much of college basketball, even more so than football is about the transfer portal too. Now. So that's why that's kind of gotten crazy that I, I do think there's still reason and optimism to believe that Utah basketball can get to where some of these other programs are and have just the click at the right time. Like Utah softball did and go on a run, just like Washington state did for women's basketball. We find a way and you win back to all tournament. Uh, yes. Uh, for me, I don't know. I sit back and I look at what's happening with men's college basketball and it just kind of feels like if you're in a place where you're down mm-hmm. and out, um, you know, it, we're in a time in a space where it's going to be really hard to dig yourself out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, you know, can head off to the NBA after one year, yeah. uh, the, the in and out with the transfer portal, um, and these rosters are smaller. And so, you know, you have a couple of guys head out uh, for greener pastures year in and year out. It just becomes really, really hard to build any kind of continuity. And that's kind of what you need uh, when when you're in a position like Utah is. Uh, and, and so I, I think Craig is doing the absolute best he mm-hmm. possibly can in the situation that's given. But... Uh, you know, I mean, he's going to need some help. NIL, uh, I know that people don't necessarily want to fork out money for something that they feel like isn't winning yet. Uh, but at the same time, it's not going to start winning if you don't show that, you know, you can come here and, and be kind of treated amongst, you know, the mm-hmm. same the same as some of the, the other more top tier programs. 
Mm-hmm. You're just not going to attract that kind of talent. Uh, but I do think there's reason for optimism for starts. I think Craig is just a good culture builder. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we saw that last year. Uh, I think those guys really, you know, bought in, liked and cared about each other. And it showed on the court early on in the season. Unfortunately, again, I don't think of terribly deep roster, especially when we're talking about athleticism and that kind of caught up to them towards the back end of the year. Uh, And especially when you started having injuries take place. So, you know, those, those are things that are going to have to be considered and worked on. I think, He's made some upgrades to the roster. He has two more spots left that I'm aware of uh, to fill, and he needs to fill those, and and he needs to find suitable people to fill that. Uh, But it's kind of one of those things, I think, again, we talked about why some of these coaches, why some of these programs are having the success that they're having. It's because they've been given time. And, you know, we're talking about year three for Craig Smith. So it's – It's kind of one of those things, I think, as long as you see gradual progression year in and year out as a Utah fan, again, with the current state of what college basketball is, Mm -hmm. um, I I think you should be happy as long as as the wins kind of keep going up, um, roster improvements continually get made. But it also, I know people hate hearing this, it also takes investment on your part at, at this point in time, too. And if you want it to be great, you know, it, that's something that maybe just needs to be considered. Absolutely. It's the, what we talked about earlier, right? The time these coaches had to build things out. It's very easy to overreact after a year or two, but we've seen all these other coaches be so successful given that time. It's going to be interesting to see with coach Smith. And I even said earlier, I still feel like Utah could have a, is capable of making a crazy run and like winning a PAC 12 basketball tournament one year, but Man, it's not like that's going to be a consistent thing with the way Arizona and UCLA and even USC with the talent they're bringing in now this season. It's going to be one of those kind of one-hit wonder things to me where you kind of just have it where it works out well or even like you'll have a strong regular season. But I do think Utah can get back to a point where they're at least up there in the top five consistently. But being one or two is going to take a lot just with the point those other two powerhouses are at. So it's going to be really interesting to watch and see. But as we said, while we kind of wait for men's basketball to get that point, it's nice that we can have all these other sports that are kind of currently enjoying that success right now. And if Michelle, people want to hear more about kind of this current success that Utah athletics are appreciating right now and kind of what's going on with softball, where should they head over to? Yeah. Make sure you check out kslsports.com. Hit the Utah Utes uh, pull down and you'll find everything you could possibly want to know. Uh, and then of course, just follow along with me on social media. It's at Bodkin KSL sports for both Twitter and Instagram, which is where I'm the most active. Make sure you guys head over to KSL sports and check out both those social platforms. Michelle is on. Also make sure you guys join us again on tomorrow's locked on Utes. We'll be going over some recruiting and talk about the Utes can try to land Isaac Wilson and also reacting to Brant Keithy, not being on a top 10 college tight ends list. That'll be on tomorrow's show, but Michelle appreciate you joining us. Anytime. Happy to. That's good for today's edition of locked on Utes, but we'll see you tomorrow.